Hello and welcome back to the third episodes of the Rad Dads podcast. This is a podcast by dads for dads. We are going to cover the new norm. What is the new norm? I'm your host, Rob Schilt, joined by my co-host, Salvatore Minervini. What's up? All right, Sal. So what's your take on the new norm? Oh, man, I'm not sure, man. It's, uh, it's crazy. During COVID, people were scared to go out, rightfully so. Um, what do you I mean talk- during COVID? We're still in the middle of this thing. I get, yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> when it all kicked off, uh, my parents probably hadn't gone out for, I'm going to say, three months. Yeah. So me, my brother, my sister, um, we pretty much did all the shopping for my parents. Uh, but the, the new norm, it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, I told my parents not to go out. We did the food shopping. Now, these, now those same people... Who said to stay in are on the streets protesting and rioting. I, I just don't get it. You know, they, they want to find business owners because business owners want to open up again so they can provide food for their family. And, and you know, police police were shutting them down. Governors were shutting them down. But then, then you get protesters and rioters. And there has not been one news article of the thousands and thousands of people that have gathered to protest and riot of a rise in COVID. But some politicians decided to have some rallies, and of course it doesn't fit their narrative. All of a sudden there's a, there's a rise in COVID because, because of the rallies, the thousands of people at the rallies. I think it's, it's more for, for me from like the new norm, right? So we're Forget the riots, forget the protests. We're not going to get into the political piece of it because uh, both of us are, are, you know, decently opinionated. I'm more interested in how this is going to affect, you know, parenthood and, and how fathers, right? So one of the things we, we had in the notes, in the liner notes, or one of the things we were going to talk about was, you know, how shopping's impacted. And we did talk about in, in a past episode, I think it was episode one, is that we've done, you know, delivery service. You did Instacart, I believe. I did curbside pickup at uh, Shop Shoprite or AMP or whatever it is, um, but I think you know from an overall retail perspective and how shopping actually occurs. What do you think the new norm of retail is going to? I mean, as far as brick and mortar, a lot of brick and mortar stores are probably going to close up shop. Uh, is, uh, Amazon. Um, Amazon was having their lunch anyway, so I, I think it's just a matter of time. Right? I think a lot more people are going to be ordering online. They're, this this whole thing is changing uh, the way uh, corporations do business. Um, they're probably realizing that they can have their personnel work from home, get the same amount of production, and not have to lease uh, an office space. You know, maybe uh, I think there's a, the service out there where if you need to host a meeting, there's office buildings that you can rent out for a day or something, you know, conference rooms. Oh, I'm sure that's going to take effect. I'm sure, you know, some of those companies where where they'll have those meeting rooms available for rent. I, I'm blanking on the name of the company that just went through that, that whole debacle where the CEO left. But that was their model is that you would, they owned the buildings and you rented from them, but it was more of a long-term lease. But now there's, especially in cities, there are corporations that kind of do that, that have meeting places that are open to the public that they can rent from. And if it's really necessary, because what I've seen, or at least what I've experienced is meetings are as effective all being online as they are in person, right? Actually, probably more effective. Um, you're, you're straight, you're to the point, there's very little, you know, there's kind of the introductory at the beginning, but you, it's more to the point because 
a lot of people end up having a lot of meetings and you know you're in whatever anywhere between four to eight hour meetings a day you know varying between lengths of 30 minutes to but, an hour but that's if that's if you have to meet in person now with this whole zoom video conferencing or microsoft teams you can do everything virtual i don't see the need to meet in person anymore i'll tell you my personal opinion from from like a retail perspective i agree it's going to be a lot more online i think brick and mortars is it was already going out I think a place like the American Dream, which is um, located, I think, in Secaucus, they're Meadowlands. So they were more about the experience and less about the retail stores by introducing an ice rink, a ski slope, slope, uh, Nickelodeon, whatever, amusement parks. That was their thing. And what it was looking like is what is going to be impactful and people were going to go there. But right now, I read an article the other day saying that they – defaulting on loans they're you know not paying things so who knows if they'll reopen but you know the early numbers the early you know based on the article one article i read is the early numbers looked like it was going to be visited by families and be successful but now you we may never know they may open but who knows who knows if they're going to default or if someone else is going to have to take it over i mean that that place has been a disaster since day one people that are listening if you never heard of the american dream out in the meadowlands it has been I want to say seven plus years, eight plus years in the making. Um, it went through two governorships. Uh, they promised everything under the sun. And finally, where they get to the point where they think they're going to open. Uh, I think the ski slope was o- actually open in the winter, if I'm not mistaken. Ski slope, the ice rink, and I think the Nickelodeon amusement park all opened oh, starting right. last year. Yep, because they, and, they wanted to charge uh, like $30 to park. And yeah, then, and that went... And they took that away, but it, I mean, it's it, look it up. Uh, they they've had their their uh, fair share of uh, hardships, but it's got the largest indoor water park, I think. Yeah. In, and early numbers, country. early numbers were saying the American Dreams numbers at the beginning were actually higher than the Mall of America's, based on what was going on. But then again, it's located in probably one of the most highly populated areas, so I would expect the numbers to be favorable. Oh, I mean, considering where it's at, yes. Getting back to the topic of the new norm, do you once they reinstate indoor dining or they allow indoor dining, or even now that they they're allowing outdoor dining, do you see you and your family going to eat? No, I don't. Indoors or outdoors? No, we've been supporting. So, I come from you know a family who does own a restaurant, and you know I've been very supportive of of our local restaurants, and obviously supporting my brother owns a restaurant, so supporting him also. But for going out and eating and sitting sitting down, um, probably not, especially not during the summer when it's 90 degrees out. That's not an experience that my family would uh, enjoy. But at the same point, maybe in the fall, maybe if it dies down in the fall, I would do it. If the indoor dining opens, the governor finally says, all right, you know, we, we can move forward. Then, yeah, I may do that, but I would do it later on. I, I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't because I think there's going to be a mad rush of people. And I think at the same time, what we're seeing, and I think it's the southeast and southwest with the numbers peaking again, and I read something from Fauci yesterday, is that this is not over by a long shot. And he's saying wave two could be worse than wave one. I think the other thing we're going to find out is if you had COVID once, can you have it again? And I think that's, I think for the next six months to 12 months where, you know, it's scary because... I think we're going to be walking on eggshells. And to go back what you said that the second wave might be worse than the first wave. If you go back to the Spanish flu, uh, 1918, 1920 era or year, um, 
the first round of the Spanish flu, I think, only killed two to two to five million people. The second wave of the Spanish flu, I, I believe, killed twenty to fifty million people. So, because it's going to mutate, I, it would be my expectation. It's going to mutate. It's going to get. It's going to get stronger. I think until we get the vaccine, it's going to be problems. It's going to be problems for for all of us. Speaking of the vaccine, are you gonna you gonna vaccinate your kids? We're not anti-vaxxers. That's for sure. Will we vac- vaccinate them? I don't know. That's... Is it going to be mandatory? Is it going to be optional? I don't do the flu shot. I don't take the flu shot. Oh, I do. <laughs> I don't I mean, believe in it. I mean, call me. I mean, my kids got their required vaccinations when they were born, um, but I just don't believe in the flu shot. Because every year for the past five years, every time, you know, flu season approaches, they start pushing, hey, um, get your flu shot. And then, you know, weeks later, Oh, the flu shot you just had may not work because now there's a different strain and it's mutated and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So now you just injected your body with the virus, hoping that it would, would fight the, the flu. But, you know, yeah. there's a new strain. I don't know the the COVID piece is the, the vaccine, right? There's even if it comes out, it, it may have passed human trials, but it's a brand new drug. So do you let other people... Who's going to be the guinea pigs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they're trying to rush this, this drug through. And what's the cost? Because I've heard the cost could be up to upwards of like $1,000 a dose. Oh, and, I didn't hear that. That's yeah. Crazy. So and maybe that's, that's skewed. I don't quote me on the number, but I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be expensive. And what's going to be the write-off for insurances? What, what's, the, what's the cost to the end consumer? Is it going to be 5 bucks, 10 bucks for us? The reason I get the flu shot is because I get it for free. Past cu- couple companies I've worked for, they always do. Um, I don't know what they call it. A health fair or something like that, and it and ends and my up. My wife's company does the same thing. Yeah, so I just get it while I'm there, and you know, I know my kids are going to come home with it at some point, and their bodies are are probably better prepared for the flu. Whereas if I get the flu, it's it's probably like five days down, <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's that. Um, so one of the other things that that I wanted to touch on is right. There's a lot of people wearing masks. So I saw pictures today. So they opened up water parks, amusement parks. They still didn't open indoor dining in, in our state, which still blows my mind. But I see people in the water parks wearing masks. So I don't know if you read the most recent thing from our town, but the town stated for our public pool is if you're in the water, don't wear a mask because it, it could dangerous. increase. Yeah, sure. It can increase the, drown, the possibility of drowning. So I blew my mind that you have people who are waiting online who are probably waiting a foot apart. Now they're wearing masks to go on a water slide that's going to end up in a big pool that if something happens, now they have a mask on their face that can drown them. Not even that, man. It, it becomes a Petri dish. No, thank you. Yeah, we're not. We're not. That's exactly why. <laughs> that's exactly why, you know, you get a pool. That's, it's going to be years before it goes back to the regular norm, right? And I think that's what the new norm is, is even if we get a vaccine, what does that mean? So, you know, for years overseas that you know in, in the far east they've been wearing masks there's plenty of people where i've seen them wearing masks what does that mean to you know and i we're, we're both american we're born born and raised in the u.s do you foresee americans wearing masks for for the years to come i, I think the elderly given given this current uh period we're in with covid i think the elderly should be i don't want to say required but encouraged to wear a mask if they're going to be out in public, especially because it attacks the elderly who have underlying conditions. So, I mean, I've seen people out and about even before COVID wearing masks 
I think it'll be the new norm for, for the elderly. I, I sure as heck gonna gonna encourage my parents to wear it. You know, my father's not the healthiest. You know, anytime that they go food shopping, you know, they, I'm gonna tell them wear your mask, sanitize yeah. your hands when you get to the car, and, and you just got to be cautious. One of the things we've done is you know you always wear your mask, and I think in some places that I've been is they expect gloves to be worn too. So the amount of things you touch, the things that other people are touching, and like God knows what they've touched and the germs that are there. That actually makes as much sense as wearing the mask because once you touch something, you end up touching your face, your mouth, your eyes. Like kids would be the the, the ones you would want to be wearing that because their their hands are always in their mouth more than adults. I I would say. Yeah, but I think that's as a kid growing up, going through school. I think that's what helps build their immune system. Disgusting as it sounds, they naturally put their hands in their mouth or touch their eyes or wipe their nose or think about it before this whole thing. Did you really think about if you were touching something in the grocery store, if the person before you touched it? No, because I didn't care. And, you know? I wasn't a germaphobe. But I think this sheds light on, on germaphobes, right? That germaphobes, maybe they, they were correct in, in sanitizing. I have a friend who I remember he would always bring um, hand sanitizer no matter where we went. And after we went somewhere and we got back to our desk or you know we went out, he hand sanitizer all the time that was his thing he always hand sanitized and now we have hand sanitizer in both cars we carry it with us my wife has it in her purse we have it in our in our house so and even when we were looking at houses right so you know we were looking at houses when we went to the houses there was hand sanitizer there there was booties there was gloves like i just carry a gallon of bleach yeah so i I rinse my mouth every time i mean you could bathe in that too and let me know how that (laughs) no do not drink bleach please yeah (laughs) the whole mask thing is a bit aggravating because one week you hear, hey, you got to wear masks. The next week, oh, the masks aren't doing anything. The following week, yeah, everybody should be wearing masks or the only people that should be wearing masks are the ones that are affected. I just want clear guidance, direction. This is what everybody should do. This is what everybody should be following. It's just aggravating because every week it seems like every, you know, it changes. Yeah, it changes. I think one of the things that that I believe is going to actually come out of this and mask are going to become a fashion statement. So I think, yes, while the N95, which I believe is the most effective mask or been told the most effective mask, is the one you should be owning or the ones with that make you look like Bane is the one that you should probably own. But I think I was out golfing two weeks ago. One of the guys had, a, I think, a Notre Dame mask. And I was like, cool. Like, where'd you get that? I want to get a, a Georgia one, right? Because I, I went to Georgia. Uh, University of Georgia, not Georgia Tech, just UGA. <laughs> Go dogs. I thought that was cool. And then you think about it and you think about like some of these fashion companies who are getting killed right now. Like why wouldn't they start making masks and selling them? And because no one's buying fashion right now, you know, there's retail got slammed. A lot of industries are getting slammed. And the, the reality is it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to buy a four or $500 purse right now. You're buying what makes the most sense for your, for your family. Well, which you can, is, you can buy a four or $500 face mask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And people, I think people would spend it for that. So, you know, as of right now, and maybe it has a time limit, maybe the product life cycle for that is, you know, a year or two. But at the same point, I think people will do it. And does it continue? Do people continue to do it? Because COVID is just one. Think back, like we've had the bird flu. We've had the swine flu. Swine flu. We've had a bunch of these that have kind of not really impacted our, our way of life or where we live, but they have impacted other areas. And it's just COVID is now impacting so many people. It's it's unfortunate. 
What's crazy is, you know, the bird flu, the swine flu, the MERS, they were able to get a, a handle on that. I don't want to say fairly quickly, but they knew uh, where it came from. They knew how to treat it. Whereas this is, to me, I think they're still grasping at straws. They really don't know uh, what to do or how to do it. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very interesting roadmap. So I think one of the other things that we're going to see is obviously increased exercise because most of us have been spending a ton of time outdoors. And I think talked, I think it was last episode where we were seeing increased bike riding, increased walking, increased just spending time outside. Some kids are good just spending time inside playing video games. I think if you have a pool, the kids are going to spend a lot of time in the pool. My kids tell them to go outside, they come back in. They'll run through the sprinkler for a hot second. We go on walks. We went on a walk this afternoon and it was hot, but still to get them out of the house, do something, walk up and down the block. I think that's going to increase, but I think what's going to increase of that are the socially distanced, acceptable exercises. So I had to think about how I would say that. And what I mean by that is you would go hiking with your kids, small group of people who you've kind of allowed your family to interact with, or you'll go and play golf, or you'll go and for a walk, or you'll play soccer, but you'll play soccer with that small group of people. I don't see basketball coming back. Like I just, I just don't see it. I'd be very surprised if organized sports come back in the fall. In, I mean, in how, any... how does it come back? That's what uh, professional sports, because my, my my daughter signed up for softball and they're just starting now. She's had two practices and she's got her first game this coming week. You're not filling stadiums. No way. No, definitely not. I think the stadium stadium experience is gone for this year. I think we, me and my dad were talking about this yesterday and just talking about like the football. And he, he went on telling me that he'd rather experience football from from his couch versus being in, which I get. There's something to be said about going to a football game, doing the tailgate. It's fun. But to actually watch the game, it's just as fun to watch it from your couch with like a couple of buddies or family versus being in very small seats, like all bundled up in the middle of winter. Because where we live, stadiums aren't enclosed, which they should be for the... Open air stadium. I, I Honestly, the, the best part for me when going to a football game is tailgating. Yeah. I, that's where I have the most fun. Barbecue, drink, you're not paying $12 a 14-ounce cup of beer. I think the most fun is tailgating. Yeah. The other thing that I will say that we've kind of increased, we were never a big family that did this, but like playing games. So there's my wife's bought a whole bunch of these different game card games that all have some academic component of it. So there's a card game, I think, and I'll find it out and I'll put it in the liner notes, uh, Sleeping Queens. and What about Uno? We play Uno. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what Uno is, I mean, I think everybody knows what Uno is, but there's definitely an increased increased activity of doing those type of things that help family your family. Yeah, family game night you, helps your kids get that. Even though, you know, if you have a nine-year-old, he knows the math piece of Uno. He gets it. But the younger kids, like the four, five, six-year-olds need that, and, you know, it helps them do that. One thing that I've instituted since school's been out is my kids have to read, journal, show it to me, and make sure it's grammatically correct and spellings correct before they can play any video games or watch any tv so that's what uh, they do in I the like morning I, I, i've instituted uh just reading first thing in the morning after you you know wash your face brush your teeth make your bed read before you do anything you can't yeah. turn on tv can't turn on your computer but you read i like the whole the journal and, and that the journal, journal is nice. be, the journal piece you know from my perspective is the reading comprehension because that's the piece that honestly as a kid i always had trouble with and i'm sure a lot of us did basically retelling the story but writing it down yeah, summarizing what they've read. So 
Now, my son doesn't give me a paragraph. He gives me a couple sentences, and there it's like, you know, now he's reading stink books. I have no idea. Some book for his age range, but, like, it's like stink did this, stink did that. Like, it's not fully comprehensive yet, but he gets the idea. Like, the other day, I think I made him rewrite it. He got really upset with me because when he recapped it, it wasn't, it was like stink did this, and I forget the other character's name, but the other character the way he wrote it was incorrect. So it was like the other character agreed to do something. And I was like, well, why did they agree? What what happened? And he's like, well, Stink's going to stop pranking them. And I'm like, but that's not what you wrote. So getting him to rethink it, and it, those are the harder conversations because he's like, oh, I did it. Here it is. But what I want him to get out of it is un- fully understand what he's reading and then be able to retell it because that is going to be a skill that's, obviously very important for for any child and throughout your your life throughout your career but do you believe that the remote working will continue like i said before i I think corporations are going to realize that they they're getting the maybe same production out of their employees working from home as they were working in the office i think it would be a cost benefit to, to corporations to not lease any office space have their employees work from home. I, I think Twitter told their employees to work from home indefinitely. Yeah, I think a lot of the tech companies are, are pushing to work from home for at least the remaining part of the year. When I started my career, the company I worked for, they actually, I didn't have an office. So I had a, I had a home office, but I never had to go to it. So it was just in case you I You never went to your home office? Never went to my home office. Is that where you live? So they, no, they assigned, (laughs) I worked for a very big corporation as doing consulting. And what they did is they would give you a home location that you could go to. Oh, okay. So they would have temp desks and you could go there and use a desk, but you didn't have a desk assigned to you. So you would first come first serve or you could work remotely. So it's honestly well ahead of the times, but it's something that consulting typically does is you don't need to go in the office because you're on a client site most of the time. If you're an active consultant, if you're not in man, in the management perspective, which has more upward impact. So I think that type of model will probably be more effective because to your point, companies are going to be able to save money on leasing space. So I think a lot of these corporations who are renting out buildings don't need to do that anymore. There's no need for it. There's no need to go to these these buildings and, and sit at a desk for a whole day when you know, I sit at a desk for a whole day. You end up talking to people. And it, there's a social and psychological piece to this that we're not touching on, which I am definitely not educated enough to speak to intelligently. But when you go into the office, you spend probably one to three hours BSing, not working. And I don't know what the exact the wa- number is. Water cooler talk. Yeah, water cooler talk. Coffee wa- breaks. Coffee breaks, going from meeting to meeting. You don't have that when you're, when you're telecommuting. You hang up one meeting, you add into another. Now it's brutal because it's nonstop, but at the same point, the company's getting more out of you by that. You get a lot more done. I think some smaller companies probably would prefer people to be in the office just because if they're in one office and not on like five floors, everyone's in one spot. So you kind of know what's going on and that that's more effective. But I think some of these larger corporations would probably give back floors because it's easy and then set up some sort of first come first serve model where you can go and sit and, and work in the office if you need to be there for any meeting. But it's not... I don't see the necessity of it unless you're preparing for a big, you know, board meeting or something like that. Right. That's where I see it kind of ending up. What do you think about the remote learning aspect for the kids? Do you think you think it'll continue? 
So did you get the email that came out the other day? No. In our town, you have five options. So they're asking your opinion, which I which I thought was great, right? From from our school district. There are five different options. There's one week on, one week off, one week on site, one week off. There's every other day. There is half day. There is two days in, three days remote. Here's the thing. Remote learning, I think, is brutal. It was brutal for us. I kind of didn't do a lot of it. My wife did a lot of it. But what I'm realizing is if this is the norm, if the norm is that kids are going to have to do remote learning, even at the young age of kindergarten and first grade, one of my sons has speech delay. So he gets special services to kind of help him pronunciate. If you didn't know that he had a speech delay, you may not know, but you would pick up some words that he doesn't get. He doesn't pronunciate correctly. He gets special services that actually help him do that. How do you do that through a computer? Right. And, and, and we did. It, he was able to do it. I don't know how effective it is, and that's why I'm making sure they're reading through the summer. I want to see him read book after book. For the people who are going to listen, who know me personally, you probably saw me post on Facebook. I was really proud. He read me a book beginning to end with missing one word. That's fantastic. That hasn't happened. And someone posted um, something on Facebook from our group of friends who locally saying, how can parents work and do remote learning? It, something's got to get. It's funny you say that because the New York Post just wrote an article on it and they said it's either or. It's either you have a job and your kid is in school or your kid is home and you're doing remote learning with them. I, I didn't see that email come through. I, it's great that they're given the option. Well, they're asking your opinion. So, so they're, they're asking. Pretty much taking a survey. On yeah, what, what, they're taking they're a survey. Go with the most favorable one. For the kids that need those special services, remote learning is difficult. I think kids that need the special services should be prioritized and they should be on site learning versus the other students who don't need on site learning and don't need that interaction and don't need the extra help. But I think it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be difficult, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think one thing that is going to come up is this is going to change how people work how people live. What's most important for you? Is it important for your kids to have you there and be on site and support them and make sure they can do what they need to do to be successful? And meanwhile, sacrificing something in your career. Do you have to be in an office all day long? I'm lucky enough that my wife works part-time right now and she takes the brunt of it, but I know other people who are, are who are suffering and having a hard time with it, and I think it's a case-by-case basis. I also think new business ideas are going to come out of this. There's things that are going to come out of that. Besides just podcasts, I think if you're doing two days on, two, three days off, there's probably going to be some at-home tutor that pop up, and maybe I'm giving away good ideas. I have no idea. I'm not a teacher, but I can definitely tell you that for for me, like I saw my wife dealt with, she's not a teacher, right? There's times she got frustrated because she had to be teacher, mom, cook, and wife. yeah, wife, like, you know, all of those things, and it's it's frustrating and it burns you out, and it's it's a lot. But when we even when we were talking about it on the options that we were given, we had different opinions. I was like, oh, if we do two two days on, three days off, I maybe be able to adjust my schedule so the days off that I can help you and and, and give you a hand. And she's like, well, for me, it'd be half a day. The half a day makes more sense, so I get both kids out. The other thing is, how are they going to handle that with families that have multiple kids? Yep. The multiple kids have to be on the same schedule, or it's even worse. It's yeah. going to even be a worse situation for everyone. So I think the new norm, just in recapping, I think a lot of there's a lot of unknowns. Mask wearing, I think it's up in the air. I think it's going to be a fashion statement. I think the work from home is a need. Like I, I think if companies do not support work from home, I think they are going to be very hard-pressed to have personnel stay with them. Well, that's if the whole remote learning is, is going to continue. 
Oh, because yeah. Because companies, corporations are going to require their, their personnel to return to the office. Plus, they have kids at home that are, that, that's mandatory remote learning. I think they're going to have a hard time getting these people back to work. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I hope that they would give their employers or, or employees the option, hey, is your kid going back to on-site learning or is it still remote learning? If it's remote learning, you can continue work to work from home. And once that, once they transition back to on-site learning, then you can transition back to the office. I hope, I would hope that companies would do yeah. that. Because like you said, they're, they're just going to lose a lot, of, a lot of personnel. From a dad's perspective, you do what's best for your family. And I think that's, <laughs> that may be the major theme of throughout all the podcast episodes we do. But in reality is, you're going to have to figure out what's going to work best for your family and assess your situation to really to support your family. We can give you our opinions of what works for us. They may very well work for you as well. But this whole thing for everybody is a huge learning curve. You know, yeah. Working from home, remote learning. I know it was a learning curve for me. Yeah, it's definitely a new thing. So with that, that brings us to our dad lesson number three, which I believe is this one's yours. This one is mine. Pick and choose your battles. Not only with your kids, <laughs> but with the misses. <laughs> is it is it worth the headache of your screaming kids? You know, if they want ice cream and you know they hadn't had dinner yet, uh, you know, once in a while, uh, okay. Or is it worth the silence that you'll get from the misses? I think Just that's... pick and choose your battles. That's fair. I think you uh, you definitely captured that. But I, I know my wife has said this to me in a lot of occasions when dealing with our children is you can't always battle them. You have to give in sometimes. But at the same point, pick and choose what you want to give in with. My kids are ridiculous. They, they can get into the pantry and, and find chips at any point in the day, but they can't get into the fridge and, and pour milk into their cereal. <laughs> no, so, like, no, of it's, course not. It, it's, you know, you pick and choose your battles, but... You also want to make sure you're doing what's best for your children at the same time and, and your wife. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to tune in for our next episode where we talk about work-life balance. If you like what you heard, please smash that follow-subscribe button. And if you have any questions or comments or would like to give us some feedback, you can hit us up at theraddadsshow at gmail.com. That's theraddadsshow at gmail.com. T-H-E-R-A-D-D-A-D-S-S-H-O-W at gmail.com.